Hey guys, Paul Riddick here. Welcome back to another edition of the Baseball Dad Show. And in this show, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about how your son should handle criticism, whether or not he's playing at the right level, and how hard should you push him. So before we get into that, head on over to BaseballDadShow.com. We've got a lot of great stuff over there for you. We have our new course. It's the first course ever created specifically for baseball dads. It's called The Guardian, and it's a six-week deep dive into everything we need to know to raise our sons to be the great men, husbands, fathers, and leaders of tomorrow as we go through this new and ever-changing game of baseball. You can also get a scorecard that will determine whether your son can play at the next level. There's a cut-and-paste email dialogue that you can use to ask your son's coach for more playing time without looking like one of those dads. And there's also a link to our Baseball Dads discussion group, which is awesome. There's incredible um, discussion going on there, uh, a couple thousand baseball dads in there. So if you'd like to join that, you can link to everything at BaseballDadsShow.com. So this, this show um, is going to be centered around one theme, and the theme is going to be around criticism. There's always that moment where your son maybe gets evaluated for the first time. He gets judged for the first time. He gets you know, criticized in, in the purest definition of the word that his game is how this game matches up to the to his other to players at his level, players at his team or players in his age group. And how our sons handle criticism um, is one topic we're going to talk about here today because I think there's some things that need to be in place before our sons are exposed to that kind of criticism. We're also going to talk about the level of play that your son should be at. It doesn't always match um, the age because age is every kid you know has is, is they're grouped by age but not every kid develops at the same rate so sometimes we you know it's just the way the game is structured that we group kids by age but it's probably not the best way and we're gonna talk a little bit about that and we're also talking about how hard you should push so criticism i think criticism depends on the situation you're in. So let's say tonight, you and I, we went to the, uh, the LA Forum, which I don't think it's called anymore, wherever the Lakers play, and we got onto an NBA court with LeBron James. And we were given the same sneakers, the same uniform, same warm-up, same locker room, same everything. And we got on the court what would the evaluation of us be? Too small, not quick enough, can't jump, can't run, can't dribble, can't shoot, can't drive. He's got no game. That's the truth. As compared to an NBA player, I've got no game. Now, if, if we took if we went into a gym with like maybe like a seventh and eighth grade team playing basketball and we went and tried out for the team, what would the evaluation be then? Oh, it would be dominant, huge for his age, can control the middle, great defender, hard to shoot around, can, can penetrate, has explosive quickness to the hole and power driving to the basket. All of a sudden, we would be superstars if moved into a different gymnasium. So as I talk to dads about criticism that their kids get, and 
dads will call me and email me and say, coach says he needs to be this. He needs to be that. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. He needs to develop this. He can't do that. He needs to be. And it's on and on list. And then all of a sudden it becomes like this, this dizzying array of things that your child is not. Now, look, I'm not saying that a healthy dose of criticism is not a good thing, right? I think we all could use criticism. We all could use feedback. But I always want that feedback and that criticism to be fair. And a lot of the times what I've helped and coached dads through is that the criticisms of their son was based on their son's level of development as compared to other kids who may have developed differently. So if you're in like the fourth or fifth grade, right, or even the third grade or sixth grade, right, man, that you can see kids in the fourth grade that are like ridiculously bigger than their classmates, right? It's just, it's just in that age where, where growth and development all happens differently. So I was recently talking with a dad who's, you know, whose son is, is, you know, basically the last player on the team doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot of playing time, um, doesn't get a lot of bats, doesn't get any innings to pitch and get some little bit of time in the field. And now the comparisons and the criticisms from the coach on what he has to do to improve, um, they have become the story around this kid's development. And the story has become, he's not good enough. So as I look at it, I don't like, is he not good enough or is he not as developed as other kids his age? So for a kid in the third grade, is he, are the other kids, are there just early developers that he now is, he might be a late developer and he is just not as developed as they are, which would be a much better definition to say, look, you're a late developer and these skills that you, these other kids have, they're a little bit bigger, faster, and stronger than you. Um, we probably just need to give you more time to catch up physically while we work on your skills. Now, is that a little bit of Cinderella-ish? Yeah, maybe. But I'm going to tell you, in today's day and age with today's kids, we're going to have to coach that way. And here, here was my advice to this dad. I was, I've talked to him several times on the phone. And my advice was, why, you know, the pressure is being created because he's, in a, he's on a team and he's in a level where he's not developed as the other kids. It's not a question of his baseball ability. It's just a question right now of his physical development. The best thing to do is maybe drop him down a level, which, which they could. They did have the option to. Or to play rec and maybe seek out some other training options. So instead of playing on a full-blown you know, full travel team that has a six, seven-month schedule... Um, why not drop him down to a rec league that maybe has a three, four month schedule, supplement that with maybe some physical development um, with, you know, some kind of like, um, you know, I'm talking about like a strength conditioning type class, not like lifting weights, but I'm talking about something that will help him with his physical coordination. There's lots of places you can go to for that. And then, then balance it out with some real instructional work that maybe he can. So now if he drops down what happens if he drops down to the, the, the rec level? Well, he'll go from a, guy, a kid getting no time and getting criticized to a kid who's now playing the game, is a starter on the team, he's getting innings, he's getting at-bats, he's getting time to pitch on the mound, and now we've created an opportunity and a gap because of the difference in, in time commitment where he can now develop his game 
through instruction and through some physical development. So I would rather play that game for the next two years or three years and let that kid develop because here's the flip side. If he's, he's, he's not going to stay on that team for long. Travel baseball is what it is, right? Uh, this is not a podcast about that today. But eventually, as if he doesn't develop and he stays in this culture of I'm not good enough, eventually he's probably not going to be on the team. He's either going to leave the team out of like this is I'm not you know I'm not good enough I'm going to quit or he's going to be cut from the team. So the difference is and, and here's one of the things that I worry about in long term development of late developing players. I worry about it in early developing players too. This player has now switched from trying to perform and be a part of the team and contribute to the team to just surviving. He's just trying to stay on the team. He's just trying to hold his spot. So his development is now being stunted. The thing he needs the most is development. He's not being is being stunted because there's just a, like a, there was a difference in the way criticism was handed down. The criticism was you're not good enough. No, the real criticism is the other kids are just more developed than you right now. And maybe you just need more time to develop your game to be able to play at this level. And my biggest fear of the game of baseball is that late developing players are not finding opportunity where I think I would much rather have your kid playing Little League, playing rec. Yes, I know. I get it. I understand that the organization of it is going down. I get the competition is not great. Um, I get it. But I would balance that out with supplementing what we talked about, some physical training and some skill development. And that way now you'll have a player who's developing, who's gaining confidence that might. And when the growth stuff starts to even out later on as they as they move, as they get older, and all of a sudden those kids who are bigger, faster, and stronger in the third grade, by the seventh grade, some kids are starting to catch up. You're still in the game and you're still developing and you're still growing. So that's how I would, I suggest, um, you would, you would tackle a situation like that. And I, I don't think it, it's not that the player is not good enough. I think that the player is just on the wrong team and in the wrong situation. If, if, if we put you in clothes that were too big for you, right? If we put you in like, you know, clothes that were just, just hanging off you, we wouldn't say there's something wrong with you. No, those clothes are too big for you, right? You need, you need to get into, at this stage of the game, you need to get into a different position where you can play the game, learn the game, develop the game, right? So on a, on a side note of criticism, criticism should never come as a surprise to your son. That is our job as fathers is to prepare our sons of what kind of criticism could be handed down. Because it's another, it's another issue that's very difficult for dads to deal with is that, you know, all of a sudden they go to this tryout or they go try out for a team or they go to be evaluated and like, boom, this like thing comes down on them where it's like, whoa, they, now they tell, they, they, this guy's saying that we suck. This guy's saying it's no good. I'm not fast. And I'm not good enough. And like, they never saw it coming. And all of a sudden it's like a shock to the system. You should always prepare your son that criticism could come. They might, they could say this, they could say that, they could say this, prepare your son that criticism is on its way. So it's not a shock because that is a, it's a tough blow for a kid who's not, you know, mature enough to handle that. Um, so here, here comes another side of this, right? So in the same situation, right? Let's say we, t- we have the same kid and we're going to take a different approach to it. 
I have a lot of dads say to me, I want to push my son. Like, how hard should I push him? Or should I push him? And it's an argument on the other side of that. It's like, should you push your son to get better to develop along the same lines with the kids who are more, the kids who are, are just growing and bigger, faster, and stronger than them? Um, here's the thing. You can't push development. Um, if, if, if all things are being equal and it's just like, an effort thing or hard work thing. That's another discussion. But if you're talking about a real like development issue, if, if there's a kids that are just bigger, faster and stronger and that are developing earlier, you can't put, you can't push your son to play beyond what his physical limitations are. You just can't. Um, and on the flip side of that, if it is a motivation problem, um, if it is an issue of the kid doesn't just want to work hard or the kid doesn't want to, doesn't want to do, um, you know, doesn't want to practice a lot to work on his game. Um, I, I would suggest a few things. I would suggest that try to look at life through your son's eyes. They have a lot of distractions that we never had to deal with. Um, they are not going to go out in the backyard and play baseball all day and go down to the sandlot like we used to. That is not going to happen. They would much rather stare at, a, at an iPad or an Xbox um, than go do that. We didn't have those distractions, so we just have to be fair to them. But here's the thing that a lot of dads say to me. They say, I wish somebody had pushed me. Um, no, you don't. Now you might be like, what crazy? No, I totally wish someone had pushed me. I am willing to bet. I have worked with enough dads and I've been doing this for a long time. I am willing to bet that someone did try and push you and they tried to push you a little and I'll bet you, you resisted. If you're saying that, if you're saying you, you wish someone had pushed you, they probably did. You resisted a little bit, and so they backed off. I've worked with enough dads, I've worked with enough kids to know that had someone continued to push you beyond what you were ready for then or what you wanted to do then, you probably would have resisted harder and it probably would have gotten worse. So I just want to caution you when, if, if you are thinking that way, is like, I wish someone had done this for me. Now, I know there are situational um, issues with families and, and maybe um, families that have maybe gone through a divorce or separation and that, that yes, I, okay, so there are specific situational things that maybe there wasn't a presence there to be a good model, but I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to where the situation is not that, um, that pushing too hard um, in a direction. No, no one is ever going to go fully into a direction they want to go for, for very long. They may play along. I mean, so, like we've talked about kids that play along because their dad is the coach and all their friends are in baseball and all the family friends are in baseball and there's a social circle around it. And now the kid plays along until like he can't take it anymore because he didn't want to break up the party that was going on. And so at, there, everyone always has a breaking point. If your son is having motivational problems and he doesn't want to work hard, what I would suggest is maybe you look to other activities where he could create a little bit of excitement, a little bit of, of motivation that can carry over into other areas. So I would look to that. So um, again, to kind of put this on the runway, I think finding the right place to play is important. I think identifying if your son is a late developer, uh, balancing out some basic competition 
and some skill development and maybe some physical development is much better than than kind of stuffing him in, into a box that he just can't fit in. Um, I know how that one works. I know if we keep pushing our kids to play at levels, they're not developed to play yet. Kids leave the game and kids quit. That's just kind of how it is. They're not going to stay in that situation for long. Um, and it, and or it's going to ha- start to have a negative effect on them. Um, I would much rather see you take this path. Um, always prepare your son for any kind of criticism. Never let it be a shock, because um, that can have that can be really tough for a kid to go through. And if you think if, if pushing your son, like we just said, um, probably someone did try and push you, and you resist a little bit, and they stop. So um, I would just take all of these things into account. When we're trying to find the best path for our son, what I want in all of this, I don't want your son to be a great 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old. I want them to play the game, enjoy the game, and thrive in the game as long as their genetics and their desire will take them. But I want to give those genetics time to develop. Everybody's genetically different. And I want to give that desire enough time to to build as well and develop as well and we're not going to have we're not going to let if we if we put our kids into situations that are just over their head or they're not physically developed yet they're not going to get that that they're not going to get the development that they need and the desire is going to if they're if they're constantly in a state where they're now trying to survive just to stay on the team they're not developing that desire is never going to to develop in that situation so um that brings us to a close today. All right, guys, uh, check out baseballdadshow.com. Everything we talked about before is linked there. Um, if you have any questions you would love for us to answer on our mini podcast, please send them to us. Send them to 567pitcher at gmail.com. The numbers 567, 567pitcher at gmail.com. We'll answer them all on our mini podcast. And you, you can put your name. We're not going to use your name in any of those um, uh, any of those questions. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. It, it, it Again, I never take it for granted. Love you guys. You're awesome. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Thank you. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads. And I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.